Welcome to episode five of Empty the Playbook. Hope everyone enjoyed our mock draft last week. Uh, the new uh, NFL year has officially started this week, which is very, very exciting. Bleacher Report sexting me every two minutes. I absolutely love it. Uh, it is the best time of year, boys. Uh, so let's strap in for another good episode. Uh, but before we do that, we've got to check in. So, Thornsey, how's your week been, bro? Been good, thank you. Um, I had a scary moment the other day because I dropped a fork on my foot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold, hold on a second. So, was it was it the spiky end or was it like the the holdy end, the other end? Like this is the spiky end. So it sort of fell, and you know, in like cartoons where it's like everything's in slow motion and you see like all the characters being like. Oh, like turning their heads really slowly. <laughs> it felt like that because it just sort of was gradually falling. And then um, it just sort of hit my foot and bounced off. And so it was like, obviously a sigh of relief, but also like slight sigh of disappointment. It was, it was so anticlimactic. <laughs> all that build up for absolutely no payoff. Yeah, but all those slow motion cameras that it didn't even have. Uh, well, fantastic. I'm glad you had a really, a really exciting week, Thorns. Uh, <laughs> Chaplains, surely nothing that interesting could have happened to you. How's your week been, mate? Yeah, no, it's been all right. I haven't had, I haven't had a near-death experience like Thorns, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen my life flash before my eyes, you know. It's been, I feel like I've come off very boring on these things. Probably in a lockdown, I should be being boring. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I had, a, had a coaches meeting where we looked at some of the new... Def- uh, potential defensive scheme for the Pirates. It was nice to, you know, have a look at some some football that, uh, well, I say I might get to play on graduated and uni ball's done. But <laughs> anyway, it was nice to have a look at the new defensive scheme. And then, yeah, I had an exam yesterday, one of the classic COVID 24-hour ones where, like you were saying, Bleach Report was sexting me every five, well, it was PFF for me, was sexting me every five seconds when I was trying to focus on my exam. I'd be like, oh, what's the answer to this question? And suddenly I just see a notification and start looking into, because I love the finance behind contracts because I'm really not coming across interesting, but I love the finance behind contract. So I'd, <laughs> I'd see I'd see like someone sign like a three-year, 35 million deal. And I'd be like, I wonder what the breakdown is. I wonder how much is guaranteed. I wonder what the signing vote, like I like looking at how it breaks down and how much of it's actually guaranteed because I'm sure I'll probably say it in a later episode or something. The way that contracts are structured, I always feel like the numbers are lies. So I like to dig a little deeper. What was your degree again? Uh, well, I'm currently doing finance and economics, but I, I do do business and sports modules. So, yeah. Oh, does I that get... make you cooler? Does it? Yeah. Well. Yeah. No, I rate it though, mate. But yeah, on that note. Uh, kind of like uh, we've already said, it is the start of the NFL year. Uh, March 17th. Um, so let's get into uh, some news. Uh, so NFL news over the past week, we've had the immortal, well, obviously not immortal, but um, Drew Brees retiring. Can't be immortal if he's retiring, but there you go. Um, obviously a very class player over his uh, 
seasons with the San Diego Chargers and obviously more notably the New Orleans Saints getting them a a Super Bowl win, uh, which is really, really cool after Hurricane Katrina and everything. And he's just been an icon in the sport for a very long time. So um, good luck in retirement, Drew. Um, As Chaplin has pointed out many times, he's a a consistent listener. Um, So I'm sure you have nothing but well wishes for him, Chaps. Um, But we'll get into that in a sec. Uh, other news around the NFL, uh, the Bucks, uh, I want to say moving wild, but not really. Uh, they've made moves so that pretty much the entirety of the main kind of players on that roster from their Super Bowl win uh, have managed to stay on that team. Uh, Godwin's back, Levante David's back, Shaq Barrett's back, all the big kind of names um, that we expected them to make it work somehow we didn't know how they were going to um but brady's obviously worked his contract around and things like that they've even got gronk back on a one-year deal so the bucks doing business uh the patriots on kind of the opposite end of the scale whereas the bucks were re-signing everyone the pats were going out and getting every player they could possibly find uh in a very Bill Belichicky kind of way. They're back to that two tight end set um, with Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry signing. Um, so it'd be really, really interesting to see. I've already seen claims of the Patriots are going to win the AFC East again this year, um, which is a bold claim. But I mean, you know, we shall see. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see the Patriots making moves. I don't know if I like it or don't like it, but you know. I mean, they got the money, they got the cap space, so you know, go out, go out and pay some guys to win you some football games. Um, and kind of finishing off our news section, obviously, there's lots and lots of signings that are happening right now, uh, but two we kind of picked out before the show. Uh, Jameis Winston re-signing in New Orleans is a big one. Obviously, the heir apparent to Mr. Breeze retiring. Uh, it's going to be some combination of Jameis and Taysom Hill this season. Uh, what kind of combination and how that'll work will be interesting to see um, because the Saints have always been really exciting offensively. So it'd be really, really exciting to see what they do this season. Uh, And the other kind of quarterback news that we wanted to pick up was a favourite of the show, Ryan Fitzmagic. Uh, His career is... Oh! Yeah, you know. Um, (laughs) Waited that entire section. I felt like I was talking for ages and you waited until then to come in and it was that. Uh, Fitzmagic Fitzmagic is amazing. (laughs) I'll let you finish the news. Thanks. Uh, (laughs) Fitzmagic brings out in all of us. Uh, Ryan Fitzmagic continuing his career uh, and signing for the Washington football team. Still be interesting to see what they do, whether they draft quarterback. They've obviously got two, two quarterbacks on the roster now for next season with Fitz. Patrick and uh, Taylor Heineke. Um, But yeah, it'd be really, really interesting to see going forward. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the news. What's your takes, gentlemen? What are your takeaways from this week's uh, news? Yeah, I think it's been a, I think it's been a very busy week. I think it's clear that some GMs don't listen to this podcast, which they all should, because some of our decisions have been recklessly ignored. Uh, Well, ignored and accepted. I told the uh, Packers to let Aaron Jones walk and not franchise tag him because he wasn't worth the nine million. So they responded by uh, signing him to a forty-eight million uh, dollar deal. So 
you know, clear, clearly there's there's some miscommunication there. You had uh, John Johnson, this bird, obviously, Fawnsy was speaking about coming to the Browns now. But I think the two ones that stick out for me, I'd say, I really like the Corey Davis signing. I think he's a good he's a good mentor for Mims, and I think he's a he's a class receiver. And if they can get a quarterback in there, you know, it's it's a nice it's a nice signing. Uh, yeah, and then I also wanted to. Well, there's a lot of money going to linemen. I like to see. I like to see the linemen getting some love. Uh, more defensive, obviously, as it usually is. But I'd like to see some more with the obviously Fooney, uh Joe Fooney contract. I'd like to see some more big contracts like that go to some linemen because you love to see it. And you were speaking a bit about Brady and obviously uh, the Patriots because people don't like him because they win too much. I was just going to say, do you see the? Uh, there's a petition going around for the NFL to set an age limit. Because uh, Brady's contract uh, now expires when he's 45, so there's a petition of over 150,000 signatures saying the NFL should introduce an age cap. I'm not uh, sure what your thoughts are on that. I'm on board with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, th- there's a thing as too much women, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, interesting uh, about uh, Corey Davis as well. Uh, I like that pick. I I don't know if lots and lots of people would pick. I think the uh, I think the Jets have low key made some nice moves. Um, I think Corey Davis is a nice sign in. I also think Carl Lawson, um, although kind of rated highly uh, in some places, in some uh, you know lists of free agents, I think Carl Lawson is a really really good player, um, and that's a really really nice sign in. Uh, Thornsey, what's your takes on the news? Uh, there's been a lot of interesting pickups, really. I think talking about Carl Lawson as well, like something that's going to be really interesting over the next couple of years is how he and Trey Hendrickson like compare compare up to each other. Because obviously Lawson played for Cincinnati, they've now signed Hendrickson, both on about 15 mil a year. So I think those two are going to have like really interesting like career spans. And especially Hendrickson was predicted to get a Shaq Barrett type deal, like one year, maybe about seven to 10 mil, like a prove it deal. And he's come out and got, I think, four years, 60 million with 30 plus guaranteed, which is pretty crazy. And it could end up being a really good pick. Like the Bengals defense have got a lot of young pieces in place and they've spent a lot of money on it over the last couple of years. Um, but it's been interesting to see the Bengals haven't gone O-line and the, and the Jets haven't gone O-line. And they, they must have tried, but obviously they haven't won. So I think that really sets a sets the scene for that second and fifth pick potentially you know Sewell is the guy that's going to be targeted there and, and I think the Jets missing on Tooney missing on Lindsley missing on another O-line Moon that I can't think of but just missing on those guys like it, it shows that they are potentially looking to the draft to build up their O-line rather than than here so that was cool um, bit of a lot of uh implications of trading back then do you reckon if it looks like they're trending that way maybe i mean we we i mean you took field second in it last week yeah i i took i took it i believe i took a lineman with my second with my second with my late first round pick or like mid first round pick when it's 23 but yeah i took i took the qb the heir apparent to the to the new york kingdom the ohio boy for um yeah, for my for my pick, but yeah, I think it, I think it could have some nice implications for trading back and stuff. It depends if they want the best of the best, in which case I guess you'd stick and take whoever you think's the number one lineman. Yeah, yeah. like that's the way that it. Sorry, uh, that that's the way it seems to to be falling. Like especially when you have some pretty premium O linemen available and they're not not picking up on them. Um, just quickly as well, I think the Texans have done a 
an under the radar good job. Like considering how talent poor this roster is, like they've got in and added some vets that could be like significant con- contributors. Like looking at it here, they got Ingram, Marcus Cannon, Shaq Lawson, Malik Collins, Christian Kirksey, Camille Grugia Hill, just to name a few. Um, so I think this is a team that's like building up and just adding some very important pieces for the for the next season, whether they have the Sean Watson or not. Yeah, I, th- I think that's something that's going to be key in Houston is kind of, I think they are going to have to obey Watson's wishes almost. If they want to keep him there, they've got to uh, now treat him nice for the next, you know, month, two months um, before training camps kind of start. And I think Marcus Cannon is potentially part of that or not, maybe not the sexiest uh, pick, but a reliable O-lineman. And so, yeah, so, you know, there's a couple of uh, pieces there that hopefully can keep, well, I say hopefully, I want to see Watson obviously move because it's, I I love a good trade, but, uh, you know, for for them, if if that's what they're trying to do to keep him there, then, you know, good on them for, for making those moves. Uh, it was Tevin Jenkins to go back about five minutes in conversation that you took with a 23rd pick, um, which was a nice move. But what I was going to say to kind of round up the news section is that what I uh, love about uh, football, once you get in, interested in it enough, is that we start to see these connections of like, oh, the Jets have made these sign-ins. So what does that mean for the draft and different things like that? And I think it's really nice when... Uh, or really interesting when you kind of look at it from that perspective and that, you know, we're just three random British guys that all happen to like American football and we can talk about it like, you know, like we're in in that office and we're part of the staff, um, uh, like real pundits. And I think that's that's really, really cool. Um, and there'll be, yeah. some interesting, uh, <laughs> there'll be some interesting moves going forward. Sorry, Shabs, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like <laughs> football in general, like American football, I should say, or just football, I guess. Depends, depends what side of the pond our audience is from. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's sort of like falling down a rabbit hole in, in a long way. Like, me and me and uh, Fawnsy lived together last year, and obviously we got some of our housemates interested in that. It just, I feel like football is one of those things that when you start digging, you just, especially for, like, me, and, like, we're all fairly like-minded here, and that's we're doing a football podcast, for God's sake. But I feel like once you get digging, you just you can start seeing all these. Everything has a per like nothing's a nothing move. Like everything, every little move has a purpose unless you're Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, right, so- lost another viewer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he's not doing anything now anyway. So um, that's the point. He's, he's all this time. Yeah, he's definitely listening then. <laughs> He's uh, making notes like this is what I've got to do to get back in the GM game. <laughs> in the <laughs> GM game, he's not even game. bothered about coaching anymore. He's like, <laughs> I, I, I made splashes in the GM game, so that's what I'm doing going forward. I'm purely a GM now. Um, but yeah, thanks, boys. Uh, that was the news. Right, yeah, so now the news is over. Dan's made the very stupid decision of letting me choose a segment. So, yeah, this is my first ever chosen segment for you all. Now, I figured we all support a team. Myself, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I've been fairly vocal about that. Fawnsy is a Las Vegas, Las Vegas. Sorry, they move so much. You have to you have to double check with that one. A Las Vegas Raiders fan. And Dan is obviously an L.A. Chargers fan. Apparently, there aren't any in L.A., so there had to, so at least there's one in Britain. So, yeah, uh, we've all got our own teams. All of our teams have fairly deep histories. 
right we're not we're not like the ravens or the texans we've got deep enough histories you know to go somewhere so i figured why, why don't we look at the history and pick one player from offense one player from defense that you think would turn your team into an instant super bowl contender and also once you've got those two who would you prefer who would you prefer out of the two so um i think i'm going to send over actually you know what i'll, I'll start myself you know I'll, I'll start myself my own segment i'll start for you so offensively, obviously, I thought of three main players came to mind when I thought offensively. You've got Jim Brown, Otto Graham, and then I won't say who I've picked yet. But Jim Brown, obviously, one of the best running backs in in NFL history. But we have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. We've got we've got we've got a good run game. Like while I while I don't doubt that he's better than both of them. No offense to either of them because they're both absolute standout players. But they're not one of the great the goats. But yeah, I don't think I need an extra person in that run game. It was very tempting just to go get rid of all the receivers or put uh, Jarvis and OBJ outside and put in Jim Brown and just run the ball nonstop. But no. Um, Otto Graham, greatest uh, QB in football history. He would be called that if he'd spent all his time playing in the NFL. But obviously, he started in the AF, AFL. What was it? AFC? Yeah, AFL. So, yeah, he, he went to a final game in every single appearance. But also, it's the same as running back. I trust Baker Mayfield in this offense. He, he's done it. He's taken us to he's taken us to the divisional round. He played well. I think he came up in clutch moments. He really turned up. I don't think it was his fault at all that we went out in any of the games. I won't say any of the games a game. He's played well in the playoffs, and I, I, I like him as a QB for the Browns. While Otto Graham would be clutch, I don't think he's in a definite need. And obviously, the modern NFL is quite different. So yeah, my my choices tight end. Can it, does one of you two know it? Oh, Ozzie Newsom. Thank you, Dan. He, he was muted when he said that. Uh, the wizard of the wizard of Oz, Hall of Fame tight end. Uh, admit is one downside is obviously he went he went across to the Ravens, you know, and then went to the dark side and helped them for a bit. But yeah, actually, for, he obviously the first um, African American GM in NFL history as well, which. Obviously, you got to commend him for, and he did a great job as a GM. I mean, they won a lot. But anyway, so I'll stick on to him as a player. So he had over eight thousand receiving yards and forty-seven TDs as a tight end, which back in like in the days he played in were amazing. He was the all-time receiving uh, touchdown leader for tight ends and yards before. Obviously, now we've got the new breeds of tight ends. We spoke about it before. I think. I think bringing him in would just give the Browns another weapon. Like imagine you've got Austin Hooper, uh, Ozzie Newsom, and uh, Harrison Bryant. David and Joker was there, but no one knows what's happening with him. But yeah, so I think Ozzie Newsom just gives that offense so many pieces. I think it'd almost be impossible to lose with that offense. Having uh, probably that would be, I think it'd be the best tight end in the NFL if you take Prime Ozzie Newsom right now, or he'd be in the conversation at least. Prime Ozzie Newsom. Jarvis, Odell, Hunt, Chubb, Baker, a solid O-line. I don't think you could, you could lose. If you lost with that, you deserve to get fired on the spot or everyone loses their jobs. Yeah, so he's my offensive player, fairly obvious. Defensive player, uh, Dan Fawns, do you want to take a guess for who I've gone defensively? Oh. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is currently on the uh, brand, so I don't really need to add him. Uh, Justin Gilbert. No, no. Obviously, one of the goats of all time. Best first round was it third overall pick ever taken? He was, I think. Oh, eighth. So yeah. I thought it was 
slightly earlier. I think it was it was who was it? Someone taken first, or was that, or was it uh, the Manzil? Man, Manzil? Manzil? Uh, no, it, it was uh, Manzil was twenty sixth in the round, thanks to a trade from the Colts. Yeah, I was uh, it the same that draft was Yeah, it was the same draft. It was a double bust in the same. To be fair, we got the first round pick off the Colts for Trent Richardson. So, I mean, that was pretty much a throwaway pick. But then again, we used the photo real quick on Trent. Anyway, so I'm getting sidetracked. Okay, I'm going to give you another hint. His son famously played for Green Bay and also most recently, I believe, the Rams. Anyone got a guess? Ooh, Fawnsy. I see, I see you pursing yet. Go on. I was going to say, Dan or me, um, Clay Matthews, senior. Oh, Clay Matthews, junior. Yeah, yeah, the second, not the third. So, yeah, for those who don't know, he's the um, he was the Browns' leading, uh, well, he's the Browns' all-time sack leader, or at least will be for like another season or two before Miles Garrett breaks it. But yeah, he's he's just been a complete. He was a complete cornerstone of the Browns' defense. He played for the Browns for I think about seventeen years. He's actually, fun fact, the oldest player in the NFL to ever get sack. But yeah, he's an outside linebacker who offers a bit of edge threat, but also could drop back into pass coverage. So yeah, I think he's he offers he offers the Browns a lot that they're missing. He's an edge threat linebacker. He can do a bit. He can do a bit of coverage, and you know, give the Browns that sort of extra bit spice they're missing. So yeah, that's my pick. And if I had to uh, compare the two, it'd be tough. I'd have to say possibly. <laughs> So I'd have to sorry just just for those for those who are listening. Uh, obviously, we were talking about the uh, the first round of the Browns, and Fonzie has just sent me a screenshot of the fact that picks five to seventeen in the two thousand and fourteen NFL draft were all Pro Bowlers except for Justin Gilbert taken by the Browns. So thanks for that. But uh, yeah, anyway, so get back to my point. I think he gives the Browns a great edge threat and. Yeah, edge for it and was a sort of do-it-all guy. Slightly undersized, might struggle a bit with his size in the NFL, but he played hard and I think I have no doubt that he'll that he'd fit into a modern NFL as well. Right, so picking between the two, I'm going to go Ozzie Newsom. I think Matthews is amazing, but I just can't see anyone stopping an offence with that many weapons. And if you can outscore your opponents, you win. Not sure if you knew that. Little, little cliche rule in football. So yeah, that's my pick. Um, yeah, do you know what? I I I really like the pick. I without sounding like thorns, I like it. Um, <laughs> uh, the official quote of Ed Thorne. Um, yeah, no, I I do like Ozzy Newsom. I I really agree with you. I think you know you've got to really consider not even sneaking in Jim Brown because that's unfair to potentially you know the greatest running back of all time. Um, but I also think Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb wouldn't mind stepping out of the way to let to let Jim Brown uh, run for that offense. So uh, yeah, no, uh, do you know what, bro? I, I, you've really told me, and I I really like uh, the Ozzy Newsom Aussie Newsom uh, pick. I got confused when, when when you yeah when when you asked who the tight end was, I screamed whilst on mute, screamed Kellen Winslow. Uh, and I got confused because obviously I've been researching the Chargers uh, and Kellen Winslow is obviously an all-time great for them. And then obviously Kellen Winslow the second didn't pan out as well <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> um, so I screamed it with such passion. I'm glad it was on mute for Thornsey to say Aussie Newsome. 
Yeah, if I'm being honest, I was more tempted by Otto Graham than Jim Brown. As good as Jim Brown is, like Jim Brown is the greatest running back of all time, not in the discussion he is. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I, I just thought Newsom would add the most to the offense. I was I was tempted to go for a more modern tight end like uh, Jordan Cameron, uh, who's who was a great player, obviously ended his career early. I think he possibly could have been in the discussion if he maybe would have obviously played his career more, but fair enough, quit, quit early because of health concerns and I don't blame him. But yeah, anyway, that's my, that's my thoughts. So I'm now going to send it over to Mr. Edward Fawns to, I was about to say to Oakland, but to Vegas. Get out the strippers. Wow. I'm not allowed to say the F word and you can talk about strippers. It's not very PG. Vegas, it should baby. be PG, shouldn't it? Because it's about female empowerment and that sort of thing. But anyway... Um, do you guys remember <laughs> Gary Barnage? <laughs> Gary Barnage, the one, yes, one yes, because uh, because I had him on uh, that was the year I started watching the NFL and started to put the Browns, and he was the Browns' best player by a country mile that year. So, yes, Gary yeah. Barnage was like the first, was like the first like current player I was really like passionate about, and then he disappeared from whence he came. He just went. He got like a thousand yards, and then <laughs> no one ever heard of him. I don't think I even heard his name. Anyway, that just reminded me Brown's tight ends Barnage. Um, to the strippers. <laughs> yeah, like going off of your one, this is like a really interesting question because it's like, do you go for the best player in history, or do you go for a guy that really fills a need at the time? So. I looked and, and also like this is a chance for me to actually look into like the history of the Raiders because I haven't I've been a fan for like a year. Don't don't tell anyone. Plastic. But like <laughs> I'm a real glory hunter with eight and eight Gruden. Sorry, sorry, John. I love you. Um so yeah, it was quite cool. So I thought instantly like O line, Gene Upshaw is a guy who I'd never heard of, but I looked him up and it's like two time champion, six time pro bowler. Uh, three-time All-Pro, three-time first-team All-Pro, two-time All-AFL team, and was a was a member of the 100th, 100-year anniversary NFL team. So instantly it's like, whoa, this guy's sick. Ch- uh, proven winner, dominated um, dominated in the Super Bowl when he got there. Alan Page, who's a, also a Hall of Famer. But I thought, why not go with a bit of recent history and go for Charles Woodson? Um you know, a guy who's sort of just on the periphery of our memory of the NFL, I think. Like, I think he retired the year after I started watching it, or maybe a couple of years after. But, you know, nine-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro, Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, All-Decade Team for the 2000s, all-time leader in forced fumbles and passes defence for the Raiders. Like, it's a no-brainer. And especially looking at the Raiders roster now, and you think, what are they really lacking on defence? And I think it's leadership like having a, a steady veteran presence i mean i know they're all going to be veterans because they're all like you know old players but even at his time he was like a leader that was his like his one of his biggest traits and qualities so i think woodson just makes a whole lot of sense a guy that can make turnovers and lead a team and safety is still a hole for the raiders despite you know abram and all these other guys they've picked up to, to fill the hole i think it's still a a big need and if anyone can remember about three weeks ago when we did our like how to build a team safety is a position i feel very strongly about being at the center of the defense so 
Charles Woodson. That would be my pick. Love that. Love that pick. I think I brought him up last week. Was it about his versatility and how good a player he was? But yeah. So yeah, can't, can't fault that. Amazing player. Obviously, you've got the temptation just to sprinkle Bo Jackson in. But yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. It's a more sensible and sound pick. I like it. Yeah, the, the thing is as well, they have like, they have so many good running backs in the history and it was like, okay, I could go here. And they have Jerry Rice as well, but I thought that was a bit of a cop-out because he wasn't like Pete Jerry Rice. Yeah, but, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in an extra stipulation. I'm not sure if this might ruin Dan's, but he has to have been like peak playing for your club. He can't you can't get like a washed up Jerry Rice, or you could get Randy Moss as well off that. Yeah. You can't just get a washed up player in their like in their late twilight of their career just looking for a paycheck. None of that. Because then you could have Mike Vick for the Steelers and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, no, I, I I really like it. Um, again, to quote you, sorry, Thorns. Um, but yeah, Charles Woodson is the is a really nice choice, and kind of like you said that Jonathan Abram kind of showed flashes last year. Uh, but it'd be a really nice position to fill, uh, and it'd be really nice to have that kind of leader on that defense because I don't really know who the kind of out and out leader is on that defense really, um, off the top of my head. So it'd be nice to have that kind of person that takes the lead and shows them uh, and helps to you know encourage these young guys depending on you know what age you would have Charles Woodson in the prime of his career or whatever um no it's a really really nice pick and if the stipulation was different uh it would almost be nice for you to include coaches and maybe have John Madden back um but you know that's a that's a thing for another day um yeah no nice pick right yeah we'll yeah, I like that. So we'll take it over now to Daniel Williams to hear who he wants for his teams, or call it illustrious, but sort of dead-end history. Uh, with the number one overall pick in the 2004 NFL draft, the LA Chargers or the San Diego Chargers are selecting Eli Manning. Um, and that's my pick. Oh, um, straight up. Like, simple. Two rings against the Patriots. Like, um, to be fair, I actually could have done that like, not on, a, on a technicality, I suppose. Um, but obviously, I'm not choosing Eli Manning. Um, How long did he uh, actually play for the, the Chargers for? They got traded during the draft, wasn't it? Still, I was going to say about about 20 minutes, Thorns. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he was picked number one overall. Having said coming in that he wouldn't play for uh, the Chargers. Um, and yeah, they basically the Chargers secured him for the Giants at four uh, on the on the um, you know agreement that the Giants would take Philip Rivers, and then they traded uh, quarterbacks. Yeah, that's that's um, what they do in the. Sorry, I know I've completely like jumped on top of your point, but that's what they do in in the NBA, and they do um, yeah. they pick the player and then trade them. So I think it was like twenty fifteen or six no twenty seventeen. Mikhail Bridges got drafted for the Sixers and he lived in Philly through college and grew up there and everything. And he um, was in the middle of a news conference being like, you know, yeah, I'm really excited to go home and I can stay with my mum on weekends and all this sort of stuff. And then in the middle of the conference, they were like, oh, you've just been traded to the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> and he was like, oh, God. When you've got Trey Young and Doncic as well, don't you? Yeah, I was thinking Trey Young and Doncic. Check you out, Chaplin. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's might as, well, might as well become a basketball co- podcast. <laughs> I know we have we have moved moved slightly off topic, but anyway, yeah. So the point being, obviously, I'm not taking Eli Manning. 
Um, we are going to roll with our young quarterback in Justin Herbert going forward. Uh, we really like what we've seen from him this season. Uh, so offensively, we're just thinking where the holes are. Um, it'd be really, really nice here to take uh, the the real best running back of all time in the NFL, LaDainian Tomlinson. Um, <laughs> uh, who's sweetness? Off- sweetness is the only one who can rival Jim Brown for that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not having that. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, who has the single season rushing record for touchdowns in a season with 28 rushing touchdowns uh, in one single season. He, in all the years he played for the Chargers, he missed three games. Um, yeah, I know. Well, obviously he moved on to the Jets, but he played for the Chargers for seven years, eight years. I can't remember. Uh, missed three whole games. Uh, and it was only that last season where he missed two of those three games uh, was the only time he didn't rush for over a thousand yards. Um, so LT is a really serious uh, consideration here. Uh, we've got the Hall of Famer Lance Allworth, sorry, um, who played wide out in the 60s. Um, but I really quite like, um, I would get more into Lance, but I really like what we have at receiver right now. Uh, even with him being an all-time great, Keenan Allen is such an underrated receiver, I think, in this in this league. And I think it's really, really important to make sure that he stays number one right now. Um, tight end would be a position. I've kind of already talked about um, uh, how Ozzie Newsom was a really perfect pick for the Browns. And obviously we've let Hunter Henry go uh, this off season uh, to, to the Patriots buzzing about that. Um, <laughs> and it'd be really, really nice if we could get Kellen Winslow uh, back uh, to play tight end, one of the all-time greats. However, that's not my offensive pick. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I'm so torn here. The Obviously, the Chargers lead always is offensive line. Uh, always. Just always seems to be something wrong on that offensive line. Even when we've acquired players like last few seasons, Pouncey and Brian Bullard, Bulaga and Trey Turner last year, like solid acquisitions that anyone anyone at the time would go, do you know what, that's a nice pickup that just haven't worked out for us for some reason. Uh, so I'm really, really tempted here to go for a, a Hall of Fame offensive tackle, Ron Mix, who in 10 years of playing had two holding calls in 10 years of playing at tackle. Uh, which is mad. I mean, it was the 60s, so, you know, but um, even so. But I got to go with my boy for offense, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson. I've met him, so that might sway my decision a little bit. But I think he'd be a really nice compliment uh, to Austin Eckler. Uh, LT, although he was, you know, decent in the receiving game, his main thing was rushing, uh, and he was the king uh, of... Uh, getting open and between the tackles. Uh, and I think he'd be a nice compliment to Austin Eckler uh, with more of the receiving threat from the backfield. And I think just give Justin Herbert as many weapons as you want. Uh, and we've already signed Corey Lindsley this off season. Uh, so, you know, and uh, Matt Feeler, who was playing for the Steelers last year or last couple of seasons, uh, who's quite reliable, hopefully, knock on wood. Um, so, yeah, so I think we can address tackle in the draft uh, and we're going with LT. Defense, there was two guys that straight away, I didn't even question it. Um, number one, very, very recent, having only left in the last few seasons, 
a leader on that defense that would be a lovely, lovely, lovely compliment to do in James, Eric Weddle, who is obviously a um, very good pro, very good vet and a very good leader for that defense sitting in the middle of the field while Derwin James can do whatever the hell he wants uh, would be a really, really nice combo. Uh, but to be honest, as much as I love Eric Weddle, I, um, yeah, I really respect Eric Weddle's game. Uh, there was only one guy for me uh, who played like 19 seasons in the NFL, something ridiculous. Um, I think it was, I think it was 1990 to 2009. Uh, linebacker, Junior Seau, um, incredible talent, uh, would really, really help uh, with the run game. Uh, when he was like 38, he was, he played in, when, this was when he moved on and he was at the Patriots. But I think he was, he was 38 in his second to last season, record, played in all 16 games, started 14 of them at 38 and still got like 74 tackles. Um, and like, dude's a beast. Um, so, uh, and well revered as well, like loved amongst the Chargers, uh, the Chargers massive, uh, if you will. <laughs> um, and yeah, so my defensive pick has got to be Junior Seo for just, although he did kind of move on. Well, Eric Weddle obviously moved on as well. And Junior Seo, uh, Junior Seo moved on kind of like, but he played for us for 12 years. So like you think 12 years out of, you know, 19 is still a pretty, pretty big uh, deal. So Junior Seo is my defense pick. And so out of the two of LT. Even, even Judas was, uh, was loyal. Judas was loyal for more than 12 years. <laughs> Doesn't change it. <laughs> uh, you had to bring religion into it um, right uh, <laughs> yeah I've right, got... politics is next <laughs> yeah great um, yeah out of the choice between LT on offence and Junior Seau on defence it's a really tough choice here uh, but and it literally is a toss up because I really respect both of these guys uh, but I, if I'm thinking about what would mean the most to our team um, I think Justin Herbert needs as many weapons as possible and as much as I love Junior Seau and I think he would really support Kenneth Murray in his growth and Drew Tranquell who got injured first game of the season last year against the Bengals but was a really good talent before that uh, an underrated talent I think, I think I'm going LT so my choice is uh, Damian Tomlinson yeah, no, it's a nice choice. Obviously, me and Fawnsy stayed away from the flashy running backs, but you wanted to give your uh, your new QB a little toy to play with. So I I, I said this the same for Fawnsy, but I respect it. I was a bit upset you didn't. I don't think you mentioned Antonio Gates, which which I feel he'd be upset with as a listener. I know we were messaging about the podcast last week after we, after we watched it. He said he was a big fan of the draft that came out. But yeah, anyway, so you, we've just lost a listener. So thanks for that, Dan. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I think I think the unfair thing for Antonio Gates is that he did have uh, Callum Winslow, uh, who had obviously already played uh, for so long for the Chargers and is that uh, that tight end Hall of Famer that is I'm probably thought of first. It depends when you obviously started following uh, the NFL and the Chargers. Um, but yeah, Antonio Gates is a real consideration, and I mean with Justin Herbert only a year in, I mean, the consideration might be there to also consider, you know, quarterback of like Philip Rivers, um, Dan Fouts, uh, Stan Humphreys, guys that, you know, played for a very long time. So there was lots to consider. The Chargers are historically class. 
Um, so uh, there was lots of players there. But yeah, no, I, I didn't mention Antonio Gates, but as someone whose game, obviously, I grew up with uh, uh, and is very well respected in my eyes. Trying to dig yourself out of the hole. Uh, I've already done it. Uh, I showed Antonio how much I respect his game. Uh, the, the thing I respect Antonio Gates most for is being in the first series of um, the league. So I was literally just, I can't <laughs> even lie with you. I was thinking that as well. The league quality show. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, good good players. Anyway, I think we've got a, we've got a segment over from Fawnsy now. So, cheers. Yeah, thank you, chaps. Um, onto, the, onto the fun bit of the podcast, apparently. Oi. Um, <laughs> so, we thought with, with free agency coming up, We'd have a bit of a bit of a laugh, but also try and like educate you at the same time. You being the listeners, obviously that's the aim of all great teachers is to have fun whilst educating. And I consider myself a fairly adequate teacher. So the point of the game is that we've all chosen a prospective free agent, and we're gonna give them give like an outline of who they are, so like facts or stats, or maybe like a little story to sort of show how we think they're going to be valued. And then the, the other two presenters are going to try and guess who we've chosen off of these facts that they've given. And then we'll sort of end it by saying, you know, this guy, I chose him because I think he's going to be a very underrated pickup, or I think he's someone that isn't getting the credit he deserves based off of his based off of his stats. So as an example, this guy was undrafted in 2014. This isn't my, my pick, this is just like, you know, undrafted in 2014, has recorded 27 and a half sacks over the last two seasons, 88 quarterback hits, 93 pressures, is a one-time pro bowler and one team, one-time second team all pro. So, and then sort of I'll give that. If you guys don't get it, I can be like, well, he also is a Super Bowl champion. And then hopefully the penny will drop. Uh, I believe that's Mr. Shaq Barrett. Yes, Shaq Barrett. So that's hopefully how it will go, and and the hope is that you know we'll give we'll give the stats, and then we'll get it just like we did just there, and it's it's clockwork, and I can say you know Shaq Barrett has been a fantastic pass rusher the last couple of years, deserves the big bucks, obviously retrospective because he's got them already, but you know that's how hopefully it'll work. So this is the the real thing, everyone, pay attention. This guy that I've chosen, four-time Pro Bowler. 2012 All-Rookie Team. He has 608 career catches for 9,360 yards, including 50 touchdowns. He's 31 years old, and the season just gone, he had 56 catches, 760 yards, five touchdowns in 15 games, and only three drops. Do you know who it is? AJ Green? I know nope. he did a lot last year, wasn't he? That's a lovely guess, but I think AJ Green is, is a few years removed from getting 700 yards. Yeah, uh, true. Uh, oh, that's a good one, Thorns. Um, how many receptions did he have this season, sorry? Or did you give that, or if you didn't give um, Yeah, 56. 56 receptions this year. So uh, he's more of a deep threat, would you say, then, if he's got 56 for about 750 yards? I would. away. <laughs> Um, he was also he has led the NFL in receiving yards over the last five years. Once, not like altogether, like he had league in receiving yards. Are you all about Antonio Sorry, Brown? So, 
No. Oh, that is a good guess as well. Juju? Um, oh, no, no. Juju's not way... Sorry, Juju's way too young. Sorry. Oh, you've stumped him. Five foot nine. He's five yeah. foot nine. Maybe ten. Depends what, what website he's. <laughs> Depends <laughs> if, he, if he's got his yeah. shoes on. Are you talking about uh, Edelman? <laughs> no. He's played for one team his whole career. Um, what can we say? He likes to wear a clown mask. Not like consistently, but he's done it. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. I tell you, you're not educating the viewers, uh, you're educating us. Yeah, well, that's, I feel like that's the you know the point of the game you should um, Antonio Brown have you, got any, a clown. have you got any more <laughs> yeah. have you got any more clues or is that the extent of our uh... oh, very high pitched <laughs> um, um can you wait uh, was he oh wait can I think that this person's a free agent or not I might sound yeah. quite stupid uh, did they play in the AFC their whole career yeah did they have I think because uh, I'm trying to think. I think I remember the clown mask. Did they have a quarterback who retired on them? Yeah. Did they play with Michael Pittman last year? This isn't like yes or no. If you know who it is, <laughs> you've just got to say who it is. In which case, is it T.Y. Hilton? It is T.Y. Hilton. God. I didn't think he was a free agent, but then I was like, there's only one person I think I've ever seen wearing a clown mask. Yeah. Yeah, I think that he he's someone that I don't think he's going back to Indy. I think he would have that would have been sorted already. Um, but you know, he's still a very like reliable guy. Like he's a definitive deep threat. And I remember like a couple of weeks ago we spoke about Keenan Allen and the way that he works underneath to create mismatches and other like spaces around the field. So I think Hilton can do the same thing, like either hold the safety deep and open it up underneath, or if the opposition doesn't give him that that sort of safety over the top, he can go and blow the top of the D and, and get big games so I think that wherever he goes he's going to be someone that you look back on and think yeah how did this guy well you know who let him get to free agency so yeah who wants to go next oh uh, Dan, Dan's pointing and going to me so uh fun fun little bit of fact for the for the listeners so I actually chose chose my person originally as a quarterback and uh as we started this podcast, that quarterback signed with the Bears. So I originally chose Andy Dalton. But obviously, I, I was going to say about how, how he's a great, how I think he's underrated QB and all of that. But anyway, he's signed now. We don't care about him. He's, he's gone to the Bears to be carried by their defence. Um, I'm just a little bit salty that he got signed, literally. But luckily, I had, I had a sort of backup in, in my mind. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, take you away with uh, some of some of his uh, stats okay so he is a edge rusher he has played for three nfl teams he has been traded once and has gone to free agency once uh in his career he has he has had nine forced fumbles and 32 sacks he's been in the league since 2014 he has never had 10 sacks in a season um I think you might be getting it's not it's I didn't is anyone starting to get it a little bit I'll give you another clue so he's got 32 sacks in the, in his career um he averages 
for is the team that drafted him. He averaged a sack every five, every uh, five and a half. Sorry, every 0.54 games for the team that drafted him. And yeah, he he was also paid the last two years. He's been paid around 25 million plus across the last two years. Went to free agency last year. Anyone starting to get a clue? I'll give you. I'll give you the one that should put the nail in the coffin. Uh, he was the highest graded player in his class. One of the highest graded college players ever. Yeah. You got Think. what? Was he first taken first overall? Yes, he was. Jadevion Clowney. It is indeed Jadevion Clowney. Let the rest of us play. Though. Sorry, Jeez. sorry. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't have got that. I was uh, miles off. Well, my, uh, my my next my next I was going to bring it back into telling you he was the first overall pick. So I was running out of one obvious because there's only obviously X amount of first overall picks from 2014. Well, there's only one. Fun fact. <laughs> but yeah, so Jadavion Clowney, absolute physical beast. One of the best high school players of all time. One of the most dominant college players of all time. But like I said in my stats, he's never got over 10 career sacks. Somehow he's made the Pro Bowl playing, a lo- like I say, playing alongside JJ Watt. JJ Watt was injured for a lot of his time in Houston. But yeah, he's a three-time Pro Bowler, which in my opinion, I know he wasn't always going for the QB as part of the scheme, but he shows flashes of being a great player. But for someone who's earned about 25 million plus in the last, by the way, my 25 million is a sort of loose ball figure because I know he earned, he earned about 12 and a half million, 13 million for the Titans last year, but I couldn't find his Seahawks contract, but I'm assuming because it was a last year of a, it was the fifth year option of a first round pick, number one overall pick. I'm assuming it was probably about 10 mil, but yeah, so I've given him a rough of 25 million for the last year and to 25 million. I think he's turned in. So if you, I know he's been injured. I don't hate to hit on a player when he's down, but he's had three sacks in two years and been paid about 25 million. And it's just not, there's no production there. Like he he can, when he wants to, he can turn up. Like I think he had a really good playoff game for Houston one game, but then he didn't turn up the next week. So yeah, honestly, that's my big thing. Because I, I can see someone offering him a contract of minimum eight or nine million. I, like even with his injury history, just because he's Jadavion Clowney, I can see him getting a contract with like a minimum of eight million. And yeah, I just think he's a trap for teams. No offense, but even when he's been healthy, I don't think he's been he's been consistently dominant. Like he can dominate, he can dominate in a series or dominate on a down, but I, I just don't see him dominating over the course of a season. And I think he's always been slightly overrated in my book. I know if you're listening, Jadavion, like it's all right. There's plenty of time to bounce back. I hope you have a great year next year. But yeah, I, I think someone's going to pay him a lot of money, and I'm worried it's going to be the Cleveland Browns. And I think we're going to pay him a lot of money and I can't see him producing too much next year. Obviously, I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, I can't see him producing that much. Sweet. Thanks, chaps. Um, yeah, Clowney's a guy that has obviously bounced around the league a few times in the last couple of years. And I think he's a potentially intriguing free agent, but like you say, definitely a, a, wear, a one to be wary of if you sign him. Uh, Dan, over to you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I've gone defense uh, with my pick. <clears throat> um, I'm not going to tell you which position uh, because it'll come. It'll become abundantly clear after the first start I give you, or 
the second stat. Uh, but let's get into it. So uh, this guy has just finished his ninth season uh, in the NFL. He has a grand total of zero sacks, um, 0. 0.0 as well. Not even a cheeky 0. 0.5 in there somewhere, as we know uh, sacks are shared uh, or combined sometimes. Uh, and so uh, this person has a grand total of zero sacks their entire career. Uh, they have a total of 385 uh, combined uh, tackles in their career. Uh, they've played a total of 129 games uh, in that nine seasons, and they've uh, played 16 games uh, for seven of the nine seasons. Um, they have 23, 23 career interceptions, two of those being returned for touchdowns. Um, and this person tends to, and this might be a, a, a potential big clue, depending on how much you follow the NFL, uh, they tend to have seasons where they get more quantity of picks rather than, you know, two here, two there. They tend to go for uh, the odd season where they get um, quite a few picks. They were drafted in the 2012 draft in the second round. Um, and I'll currently leave it there uh, for any potential guesses. Can I throw in someone that I think it could be? Yeah, of course you can. Is it Marcus Peters? Not Marcus Peters. Is Marcus Damn. Peters going to free agency? Yeah. Is he? Hands. I didn't know that. But there He's someone I looked at when I was doing, when I was looking for mine. Oh, really? Oh, well, that'll be an interesting pickup for someone. Uh, but this guy will as well. Uh, but it's not Marcus Peters. Um, was Marcus Peters taken in the first round? I can't remember. Yeah, I think he might have been. Yeah, I think I think he was drafted a few years after 2012. But um, sorry, Chef, that's just <laughs> being pedantic and te tearing away your argument. Sorry, mate. Oh, that's um, right. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, not Marcus Peters, sorry. Would you like a few more stats, gentlemen? Yeah. yeah, and I request that when Fawnsy gets it, he stays quiet for like two more facts to see if I get a chance. Because you all know he's got the superior knowledge out of the two heads. Um, but you know oh, what? Two heads are better than one. Yeah, no. You were going to say that. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realise you. I literally thought you said the saying uh, of two heads are better than one. But alas, you you did not. You said the, the stupid one of two heads <laughs> better than one. So, um, yeah. So this guy has two Pro Bowl selections. Uh, two second team or pro selections, both in the same seasons as those Pro Bowl uh, selections. Um, I think this might give it away. Uh, he was the interceptions leader in the NFL in 2016, uh, which is the first year he was on his second of two teams so far in his career. So his best football's come for the second team. Yes, I, I don't think that's disputed. I think he was considered quite underrated on his first team uh, because he played out of position. Um, but they he requested to play a certain position when he moved to the second team uh, and they played him there and reaped the rewards, uh, so to speak. But obviously, yeah, he's hit, hitting free agency this year. Uh, any more guesses? Was he... Them? Sorry. Uh, was he... Is he hitting free agency because his contract expired or was he cut? He was cut. I feel like you've got it then, Thorns. 
might do. <laughs> the only person I'm thinking is just because you said about the changing position, but I think he might be too young. Did one of the team were the teams he played for Green Bay and the Browns? Oh no, but uh, one of the teams was Green Bay. His original team was Green Bay. Because I was thinking of Randall, because I know he switched from corner where he was getting forced to play at Green Bay and then had a couple of good seasons in Cleveland, but I think it's too young. No, this guy this guy started off as an, as more of like a nickel backslash, like slot corner, more of a slot corner, really. Uh, and he wanted to play outside against uh, against teams, number one receivers. Uh, and the second team allowed him to do that. So he only so he's only played for two teams so far. Yeah. Well, technically three because there was a name change. <laughs> oh, so were one of the teams, the Chargers? It, it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's more stuck than he was before he asked that. <laughs> like, Fawnsy just put me out of my misery. Is it Casey Hayward? It is Casey Hayward, yeah. Um, Casey Hayward is going to be a uh, valued um, pickup this offseason for somebody. Uh, I think corner is becoming more of a a pickle if you will, uh, for some teams and their secondary is flailing. Uh, and it's an area that a lot of teams I think need to address because a lot of teams have young corner groups. I think of the Vikings. Uh, I think of the Cowboys um, have really young kind of cornerstones <laughs> at corner. But yeah, so I think he'll be a really valuable pickup uh, somewhere. He's probably going to have to get paid uh a decent amount, I'd say around you know the eight, nine, ten mil mark, uh, maybe even a little bit more. Um, but he's still someone that performed this season a bit more inconsistently, but he has stayed fit, um, mostly, and that's the main thing I think for an aging corner. You want someone that's going to be reliable, uh, and play for you the whole season, um, and be a, a, a really strong leader to young guys in the locker room and like I said he knew what he wanted to do when he came to the Chargers and that was to play outside um, and, there, and to be fair there were a number of guys I could have gone with here I thought of uh, Xavier Rhodes first off uh, who I thought is an interesting free agent acquisition uh, this offseason whether he stays with the Colts or not um, another guy that came to mind I obviously went away from Rhodes because you chose Hilton so I wanted to stay away from the Colts <laughs> Uh, and then I went um, Adoree Jackson because uh, I thought that would be interesting. Um, so that would be interesting to see. But obviously, Chaps went uh, Jadavion Clowney uh, of Titans fame. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You wanted, you wanted to go last and now you're crying that all your selections yeah, I know <laughs> tricky to go with. <laughs> Touche. Um, yeah, no, I... Yeah, well, it, it worked out nicely. And I think Casey Hayward was an interesting pick because he's almost obviously been cut in the last few days um, to almost slips under the radar in that sense because he's not been put on a lot of kind of like top 100 free agents lists yet because it's so new and fresh. Um, so I thought that would trip you up. Um, it did for a while. Um, yeah. But- but yeah, so what is it with the Packers playing people in the wrong positions in their secondary? <laughs> well, I mean, they had Haha, which I guess took up the safety spot for Randall, but still, you, yeah, they seem to be misplaying a lot of people. 
Maybe, maybe they have got a really good secondary. They just need to shift everyone. Jer Alexander is actually going to be the best free safety in the league. <laughs> um, he's already one of the best corners. Already, so. At the same time. Hey, did um, you say legit corner as well? To that effect. <laughs> um, I didn't realise he'd been in the league for nine years. That's what stumped me. Yeah, four seasons with Green Bay and then uh, one with SD and one with uh, one with and four with LAC. What stumped me was just a uh, poor, worse knowledge of football than the two of you. <laughs> I, I will stand by it and I say it every week. Defensive players are hard to remember because uh, you, don't oh. pick them, you don't pick them in fantasy football. So, you know, I, I could tell you loads about Damian Harris this season with the Patriots for no reason whatsoever, other than he was in my fantasy team. Um, for a few random weeks, but you know, it's just, fair, I, I will forever be tracking the uh, career the career of DeAndre Swift because I drafted him in fantasy and he popped off for me at the end of this year. So I will never not be watching his career now. So just just one before we go for people at home to do, to play along. This player isn't an active NFL player and he isn't a free agent, which is obviously why he didn't fit the game before. But um, I'll throw in this at the start of the next podcast. So if you want to sort of, if you were like trying to guess along and you're like, ah, oh, I could have got this. Uh, Fawnsy and Dan haven't heard this one yet. So off air, I'll see if they can guess it. So I'll, le- I'll read through the stats. They get slightly hu- they get slightly more obvious as they go along. So starting off, I'm a running back. Uh, I played for three NFL teams. Uh, the last one was the Jags. Uh, I'm 34 years old. I rushed for over seven and a half thousand yards in my career, 44 rushing touchdowns. I had over 310 receptions in my career with over 2,500 receiving yards and 20 receiving touchdowns. Um, I was taken on day two of the 20, 2008 draft. You know, I thought I'd go day two. Is he second round or is he third round? Bit of anticipation. Uh, I've got a couple NFL records. The NFL records are, I once rushed for 165 yards in a single quarter. I have the current, I believe, all-time yards per carry record for a retired running back over a certain amount of carries. I don't know what, can't remember what the stipulations are for it, but 5.4 yards a carry for a retired running back who played in the NFL for quite a long time isn't bad. And one for Dan, because I know he's a big fantasy advocate. I have the record fantasy points ever recorded in a PPR system of 62.5 and then I told you he played for the Jags he only played a year for the Jags he also played one year for the Texans and now if you want to try and guess guess now because I'm going to not you two but I'm, I'm going to pause now and I'm going to tell you the biggest uh, giveaway uh, I'm the Chiefs legend uh, thanks for that chaps uh, really really nice uh, way to end the show uh thank you gentlemen uh the news has been excited today uh and this week in the nfl um and i think we've we've hit some really important uh, and really interesting content today and i'm excited to see as we get uh properly into free agency uh and even closer again to the draft uh what's gonna happen uh but thank you very much for your uh, interesting stories, even if they're about forks landing on your foot. Um, <laughs> keep the uh, keep the interesting stories coming, gentlemen. Uh, and I can't wait to hear uh, 
what's happened to you uh, next week. So nice one, chaps. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me again. I guess, no, again, no. I'm sort of a regular fixture at this point. You're not getting rid of me this easily. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> and nice one, Thorns. Thanks for listening. See you all next week. And yeah, feel free to follow us on Insta and uh, different things like that and listen on Spotify, uh, whatever you use. And, uh, and we'll catch you next time. Uh, have a good week, everyone. Time.